0: right microphone on this time let's all talk for a bit make sure it seems to be picking us up I refuse Who's to talk, to
1: talk? Chris. chris
2: hello there america tell
1: me, me, me i could love in my tummy 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 tummy, tummy. Shit, oh, no, it's, it's, stuck. It's, it's stuck it's stuck tummy, tummy.
3: unplug oh. it
0: This week we are covering Miri and Dagger of the Mind. In Miri, the Enterprise comes across a planet identical to late 20th century Earth. But when they beam down, they find that all the adults are dead, the result of an experiment attempting to prolong life gone horribly wrong. Only the children remain, and they are aging very slowly, but as soon as they hit puberty, they go mad and die. The away team soon discovers they have been infected with this same disease and must find a cure quickly before they are killed. In Dagger of the Mind, the Enterprise makes a routine cargo exchange with the Tantalus Psychological Penal Colony, but soon wind up with a stowaway, the mad Dr. Van Gelder, who begs for asylum and claims to have been a former doctor at the institution. When the ship's records prove this to be true, Kirk beams down with Dr. Noel of the Enterprise Psychological Team to try and discover what's going on. They soon discover that colony administrator Adams is more interested in turning his patients docile than in actually helping them, and he soon turns the neural neutralizer on Kirk himself. Will Kirk and Noel be able to escape and expose Adams for the madman that he is? All right, that's it. Uh, You know, as always, if you would like something a little more detailed but don't have time to watch the episodes, I would advise popping over to Memory Alpha, where they have nice detailed episode descriptions. And now to the episode itself.
1: Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a podcast. This is episode six, in which we'll be covering Miri and Dagger of the Mind. Scary. Uh, my <laughs> name is Jake, and I am joined today by... Chris.
3: Caitlin. Your names.
1: So without further ado, let's uh, hop to it. Miri. What a pile of shit. Bonk, bonk on the head, everybody. No. I should say, before we get too <laughs> deep into this one... This is my mom's favorite episode.
3: Your mom is wrong.
1: Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. If mom, if you're listening right now, please tell us why you like this episode. I would love to hear. You have three very, very confused people here, and me. And I'm I'm just always confused. Yeah, you're
3: always. I was gonna say you you'd have to be confused as well because I don't I don't I think of the episodes that we've hit so far, this is my least favorite by miles.
0: I mean, I know why I don't like it. And that's just because I have a very low threshold of tolerance for child actors.
3: Well, you're, you're in good company at this table, yeah, Chris. Sure. Yeah, they,
0: they've got to be exceptional for me to even think they're okay. And here's the difficult
3: part. Here's the difficult part. Most of these were not even child actors. They were just like True. children of the cast and crew. Chatters. Oh, I thought you meant the ages... Oh, no, no. The, like, the actual children, like, you could tell, like, they had no idea what the hell they were doing. Shatner's two kids were there. Braceley Whitney's kid or kids was there. A couple of a couple of them were floating around. They, they just brought in. Oh,
0: my God. Was the one Shatner kept flinging around one of his? No.
3: no. Not that little boy. Because if they if they actually had lines and things, actually... they were probably actually sought out to oh, be in okay. the show. I am going to say, so then that means
2: that the... 12-year-old girl that he's totally macking on also was not his daughter. Oh, the,
3: tw- the 12-year-old girl was actually a 19-year-old girl. Well, that doesn't make Miri. it that much better. How
0: old was John or whoever? Because he looked about he 47? Was, no,
3: he was 26. Jesus. He was a really rough 26. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 27.
1: Oh, that in that case. Yeah, I was not buying that he was prepubescent. No, too tall. Lives. but too,
0: too receded of a hairline. I also Too
2: much
1: obviously an adult. Yeah,
2: I obviously wasn't convinced that he was what I would call an actor
1: because
2: he was awful. <laughs> he was really bad.
0: I mean, he was better than some of his younger counterparts.
3: Well, yeah, but like that's—I think the Bar was I pretty. Was about well. saying, I think Bonk Bonk like, on the head was probably the best child actor you had there, and that's what? saying
1: something. Toothy McBigtooth,
3: fucking yeah. horse
1: face, giant horse face, giant horse teeth.
2: Yeah, he was. Awful. I'm hoping he's grown into them by now. I
1: hope so, because that face—you know—he's you he, you know, a he looks stallion at, now. He's got kind of like the <laughs> like. One, he's like I don't know in the '60s where there are like five different faces that kids had. Because <laughs> like I feel like every show or movie that was filmed in the '60s and even shows and movies about the '60s, there's like there's like five or six faces, and his was one of them.
2: Well, <laughs> that's because every era has a certain like ideal of faces it's kind of like how you know in the 80s for example you had your like molly ringwalds with like their kind of you know round face with like cute little cheeks and shit like that's it just changes that's why it feels that so way so it's, it's
1: confirmation bias it's not that everybody had that face it's just that the faces that we saw because they were the ones that were on tv i'm
2: sorry to disappoint yeah you. they're the ones the
1: casting directors no. wanted they were like this is what a kid looks like Mm. I'm going to continue to believe that, like, there was just a period. It's, I'm going to, like, like the Klingons had their ridgeless period. Mm. Human beings had their weird toothy angle face period. I mean, I think a a lot of that is
3: saying, like, these are not yet formed people.
1: (laughs) No, that's true. They are several hundred years old, though. That's true. They are several
3: hundred years old, and they're all hitting puberty right at the same time. Well,
1: there were batches of them, it looks like.
0: there's. Like, Toothface was going to take a few more centuries to hit puberty, it looked mm. like. Well, except he was going to starve to death.
3: I don't know. I find, it, I find it far too convenient that the day that the Enterprise visits this planet is the day that, you know, there's the, the one uh, adult that we find who's gone, you know, blue-faced and yeah. homicidal... Is the day they find that guy. Is the day that we're soon to see Mary turn uh, postpubescent monster. Well, and is the day that they're like starting to run out of food after three hundred years. There was also that
0: other woman too. Oh yeah. Oh, oh she yes, she was she was there. Louise,
2: Yeah, yes, the girl that jumps on him. him. So Ames, I can I can actually provide an answer to your to your second. Oh my god, run. is there an answer? To why Miri started to blossom into womanhood. hmm Obviously, oh. the pheromones that uh, Captain Kirk was shooting oh, she, out of his... Oh, uh, uh, she wanted
0: Kirk so hard. Gross. The worst part is, like, when he realized it and started to use that to his advantage. Why don't oh, you clean skeezy.
2: the t- Why don't you clean the table, honey?
0: It's been 300 years without adults. No one has taught them proper gender roles. Go clean up, darling. The men are talking. Slap on the ass, obviously. Oh,
3: no, God. That's a Charlie X... Throwback right there. (sighs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, And he didn't
3: know what he was doing either.
1: She's definitely very impulsive, though. I mean, the second she sees Kirk talking with Rand, she's like, well, gotta kill him.
3: Jealous girlfriend, go! Yeah,
1: that was... No, not one of their better moments,
0: I'd say.
2: Bitches are cr- I mean, have there been any good moments, like, in terms of how they've been handling women in this show at this point? I mean, like, poor, <laughs> poor Yulman Rand finally isn't being sexually harassed, but she is being duped by a bunch of children and held captive. It's mm. about
3: the same level of bullshit that poor Rand put up with in every episode that we see her right?
1: yeah. yeah. It just never gets better for her. No, it really doesn't.
3: And she- then
2: she gets shit-canned. So, yeah, that's
1: great. Can we talk about just how absurd and ridiculous it is that there's a planet in space that is an exact duplicate of uh, Earth weird. in every way? Why was that necessary to the plot?
3: It wasn't. And they never they never bring it up again after they first see it. It doesn't come up. I actually read somewhere that there was a novel afterwards that tried to, tried to explain it a little bit by saying that this was an alternate timeline or an alternate dimension, that the planet just happened to appear in ours somehow, but That's still. a really big wormhole. Yeah, but yeah, it's an it's an odd included fact to have. I mean, look. And that it'd be, it'd be exactly in what would be the 1960s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which actually, it's exactly, like 1960s which is Earth. It,
1: what about that?
0: By the way, was nineteen sixty like the bike? The that level they of find? tech they they yeah, that's about it. Like until they suddenly had a fairly modern looking microscope, all the cars that were there and broken down looked to be from about the thirties or forties. The houses were just generic, sort of like. Except for the microscope, everything there. If they had said it was 1920, I'd have gone, yeah, probably.
2: Well, besides which, the fact that the set looks like it looked like it was some kind of holdover from like westerns. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if they like hadn't if they hadn't put a car and that bicycle there, I would have assumed it was like some kind of old, okay corral professor. or like a,
0: or you know old west Frisco at least because a little too built up to be like the Wild West, but it could have been 18 somethings. Like yeah. 18-
3: for, for the first time that I think, I think this was the first time they did shooting outdoors, not on a soundstage or anything. Mm. They didn't pick the best location, I don't think.
0: Well, and that's what it really comes down to is the whole it's just like Earth thing was just so that they wouldn't have to explain away why they were just using the back lot.
1: <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> I mean, but you but there is definitely, you know, they, they establish at other points in Star Trek that we haven't gotten to yet that there are plenty of... Earth-like planet sure. that have followed a similar path, yeah. But why are the continents the same? That's yeah. yeah that's... I mean, yeah, they have like a model of North a, America. They have like a model of Earth.
0: I'm pretty sure I they think. just stole the universal globe. Frankly, yeah. Probably to, to steal a, a line from Mystery Earth. Science Theater. It had the same lack of weather.
1: Yeah.
3: there were a couple occasional clouds I don't know if the version that you guys watched was the same as uh, we had yeah we had
0: the um, original DVD set so it's the old it was literally just a globe without weather or even topography
3: yeah in the remastered I think they have a couple of wisps of clouds like (laughs) over California and that's about it good
0: good
1: yeah see that was a that was the part that just That's why I can't really take this episode as serious Star Trek canon, because Mm. there's a planet that's the same as Earth, and it's not addressed, and it's...
0: uh. I mean, look, in a nearly infinite universe, I suppose it's possible that out there somewhere, there is a planet that would happen to wind up with the same basic continental shapes. Mm. The fact that it would then develop the same exact culture... Even less likely. And then that all of that would be really close to the original is even more unlikely. They do the bullshit again, don't they? There's that oh. stupid, unsubtle Cold War allegory where they find the U.S. Constitution, oh, don't they? Oh,
1: like that Fucking, yeah, that's a terrible yeah, that's episode yeah, a if I remember.
0: Too. But mm-hmm. we're talking about this terrible episode. This
3: was a terrible episode. It was, it? A, it was an episode that was a, a weird mash of Peter Pan- and Lord of the Flies, and didn't do either one justice. By the way, what the
0: fuck happened to the Ensign's Ricky? They they just disappeared for a while, to the point that I was thinking, was there a scene where they got killed and we just weren't shown? Then all of a sudden, at the very end, one of them is back. Like when Spock goes to check on McCoy after he's guinea-pigged himself, Mm. one of the two Ensign's Ricky is suddenly like, where were you two assholes? Neither of you seem to be affected by the disease, by the way, so good on you. I mean, one of them, the bald chap, looks ready to have a coronary the whole time, the poor bastard. He actually shows up in the next episode in a gold shirt. Hmm. Same extra, different character, presumably. But yeah, they just fucking vanish after the scene where all the kids pitch rocks at them. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, one of them is back later, briefly, for a second. It's so bizarre.
3: Well, then it was a good episode to be
0: a redshirt. <laughs> True, they did both live, as far as we know.
3: Yeah, and they probably they, they would have been been infected by the disease because the only like they spe- they specify that only Spock isn't showing symptoms. Yeah,
0: and the older the older you are, the faster it affects you. Although that doesn't seem to have actually come into play because that means, in theory, Doc and coronary redshirt both should have been further along, quicker than anyone else. Well, that's
2: probably why McCoy decided to to use the um, antidote. antidote on himself was mm. because. One, he probably was, like, suffering more mental effects, because I don't think that Doc is the type of person who would normally be like, nope, don't need any tests, boop doop doop. But also, he may have been remembering, like, fuck, I'm gonna, like, die any second now, so we really yeah. need to
3: figure out if this is gonna work. Maybe. Yeah. Without me, the rest of these, these blokes are boned.
1: Yeah. Bones bones without, without bones. bones. <laughs> da, 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 da.
0: Wow! Mm-hmm. I I will say, too, one thing that's really disappointing about this episode is that it doesn't... One thing. Well, the one thing that particularly made me sad was that it didn't end with a brawl between Kirk and all the children. Because inevitably, the children all would have been six-foot-tall stuntmen (laughs) in the same costumes. And Shatner's stuntmen, you know, half the time as well. And it just would have been hysterical. It would have been something to drag this up. Although... There, like I said, there, there's that one kid he really manhandles quite roughly a couple yeah, he, times. Yeah, like,
3: threw him on the... Like, I actually bonk, watched bonk. that... Throw that kid on the floor scene. It was amazing.
1: I loved it. I'm, I'm say, oh, guessing good he was a him. piece of shit on set. That's that's <laughs> where I'm going. Yeah, for.
0: I figured he was like he wasn't so much acting as that was just him. <laughs> and and Shatner's like, What? Oh, oh, are you alright, little Jimmy? I totally didn't mean to.
2: I like to think that he like tried to help him up and then like knocked him over again by mistake, like, Oh, I'm sorry, like the end <laughs> of Uncle Buck.
0: Yeah. You're so
3: clumsy. Yeah. I was th- throughout like the end, I was in agony watching these children the whole time. 'Cause their their little child games are agonizing. They're just ear piercing children. But also that I don't think it makes a terrible amount of sense if they've been living here for three hundred years on their own and are still they've retained the same culture.
1: Yeah, no change in, There's in no change. language, no change they, in behavior. Yeah. Like even I would I would imagine that if even a child would mature emotionally, think, psychologically beyond oh, after a few like yeah, after centuries. a few centuries they wouldn't. The they, nah, 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 yeah, nah, they like, that would have switched to a away. new game. Yeah. Right. Because kids get bored really quick. Anyway. They do. Well, how are they taking care of themselves if they're so? Yeah. What childish? food have they been eating for three right. centuries? And that is evidently running out like this month. By the way, after three thousand three hundred years.
0: And how did Spock? Did he just go through every nearby grocery store? And be like, what's left? <laughs> Six cans. Okay. <laughs> do do do.
3: Yeah, nothing but salt in here. Vampire would have been happy.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my goodness, there's 10,000 tons of cans of Brussels sprouts, but <laughs> but all of the Hershey's chocolate has been devoured.
3: Fantastic. I just kind of wish
0: there'd been a scene where Spock just walks in eating the last of their food, like, hi, kid. mmm, good food, your society's doomed, and I'm the one that did it to you. Your society's, that was,
3: society's doomed to begin with. Yeah. But I mean, it really shouldn't have lasted this long. I'm just, and just in like other
1: basic things like sanitation, mm. you know, where are they pooping in like, yeah. a ditch?
3: I mean, even even like upkeep of those buildings. There was there was a show I used to watch uh, called Life After People.
0: Oh, that was a good show. It was a
3: cool show. It like took different. Elements of society and said what these things would be like if there were no people upkeeping them. So, like, you know, skyscrapers would eventually just keel over and bridges would eventually collapse and animals would turn feral and just individual things of what would happen with, you know, this place. How much, you know, would vegetation take over these buildings? Yeah. And tried to show evidence of this in current society. And, and was, these kids aren't doing anything that humans are doing today, so... Yeah, and I mean, I,
0: I saw that show too, and it was usually, it was always that same kind of idea. It was like, whatever it is that wiped out humanity in that show didn't do property damage. So it would have been sort of a plague yeah, scenario or something. Yeah, it's as if, or, or, something. or
3: being abducted by aliens. And it never
0: took that long in all the simulations for, at the very least, vegetation to reclaim what we had left behind. Especially because there were dirt roads in that town. Hmm. It didn't even have to... The plants didn't have to fight through concrete.
2: Well, maybe right before the kids turned into horrible purple scab-covered monsters, they got really, really caught up with upkeep and did some gardening, (laughs) trimmed back some shit, cleaned out the shit ditch,
3: and then went crazy and tried to kill everybody. See, my wonder I had a brief wonderment of, if, you know, it's been 300 years and there have been these children, how many children did they start with? Mm. Like have has their their population been cut back, cut back, cut back? Because you don't see babies. Because the babies probably couldn't keep up. Yeah, no, they, not, oh, they had
1: no they one no the them. No,
2: like the, well, the youngest, the youngest, youngest is maybe one, four. Yeah, I was gonna say, but if they'd been there for three centuries, that one would have started as a baby.
1: No, they, they're they only... Because according to Spock, they age one month per hundred years, so... It's as if three months have even, even the four-year-olds yeah. would only be a couple months older than I the gotcha. I missed that. Yeah, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, the other thing, too, is we're only seeing this one little town. True. You know, for all Ooh. we know, there are, there are children all over the world. I didn't and, think of that. You know? The Canadian ones are very polite. They should have beamed down mm. in Canada.
3: Every, every every mission, they should just beam down in Canada.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it was clearly the United States. Yeah. where they were.
0: Well, because half the children have, were playing either army or you know cowboys and Indians based upon their clothing. Right.
3: Oh, you had a, you had a point. I wrote down a point that you had, Jake, when you were watching the episode. You said, "Who's cutting their hair?" Oh fuck, who is cutting their hair, Mary?
1: Well, maybe they're only growing at the rate that they're aging. The hair's only. Oh, growing that, at that makes rate. sense. So that's. That, that, I thought about that after I said that. I was like, oh yeah, well maybe if it's they might only have three months worth of hair growth. Although
0: that one kid has really gross hair. That's true. The one in like the shitty Superman cape that kind of looks like <laughs> he was John's, you know, stand-in during light tests or something. Same weird piggish head. <laughs> Jesus
2: <laughs> Christ. He did have a piggish head, didn't he? He did. So we got horse face and pig head. Who else yeah. we got? Uh, a bunch of little
1: pricks. Yeah. I yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just feel like it would be really hard for any of us to be objective about this episode because we all just really don't like children at all
3: I will give uh, Leonard Nimoy some credit because he specifically did not put his children in this episode could. Even though Whitney and Shatner both said you should bring your kids, we need some extras. H- some <laughs> and, and bring said, your no. kids to work day. No, I don't. I don't want to subject them to this.
0: <laughs> that, that documentary that just came out would have been for the love of Spock. Parentheses. Except that time he made me be in fucking
1: Miri mm-hmm. <laughs> Signed, Adam. There are so many points in the episode where you could see the evidence of the director just being like okay kids now when i say action you all run out in a straight line and when louise attacks them yeah and, and, oh, you know, God, and the the, screaming in the room and they're all hiding <laughs> in the toy store Ooh. and then and then it's like
0: <sighs> they're 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 not actually afraid they're just having shenanigans they yeah.
3: they quote um Shatner's daughter, I forget if it was Elizabeth or Leslie. They quote one of them who was in the episode and she was saying like, Oh yeah, I I would watch Daddy and I would be like, Why do we have to be mad at Daddy? Aww. He's like, No, no, don't smile when you're when you're looking at me. Don't smile.
0: You're mad at Daddy because someday he's going to make Star Trek five. <laughs>
1: The other thing I noticed, uh, a little little thing in this episode, is the the ductwork in this in the science lab is evidently large enough for several children. True. Uh, when they when they go in to steal the communicators, which, which what the like, yeah fuck yeah.
0: every. Single one of you
1: left your communic. Even
0: Janice, who was on a walk with Miri, like, <laughs> they've got. I mean, surely protocol would dictate that you always have that with you, especially in a situation well, like this.
2: They're getting sick, and their minds are slipping, and they're not, not taking. Spock, though. God damn it! Yeah, you're right, Spock. Well, that's why they
1: there. later changed it to a piece of jewelry that you're less likely to set down on a table. Like a fucking idiot. <laughs>
0: Although it does make it very easy for people to then confiscate your communicator. That's true. It's apparently
1: held on with wishes and lint. It seems to me that they should have, at this point, invented some sort of implantable device. Ugh!
3: No, no. I think we're, we're, I think we're getting close to doing that right now in present society.
1: Well, that that's one of those things that sort mm. of, you
0: know, in retrospect. We could probably do that now, so why don't they have it in the twenty third?
1: There's actually they're probably tried it and and then they're like, Oh, this is great, we can implant all this crap, and then the Borg. Mm. <laughs> and like some somebody in Star somebody in Starfleet was like, God damn it, my research grant just ended.
0: That's what it is. Those those the, the, the Borg they find in Enterprise killed all of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, there
0: is, again, in Enterprise, there is an episode where they give Archer a subcutaneous communicator for an episode.
2: Nope, no thank you.
1: What, why? Why are you anti?
2: You, you want your phone
3: on you at all times, don't you, Caitlin?
2: I want to be able to look at it, I don't want it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's horrific. I don't want any of that.
3: No, there's actually because I was looking up because I wanted to uh, in rel- in reference to Dagger of the Mind, but also in reference to McCoy testing out this, the antidote on, on himself. I was like, this reminds me of all these times in current anecdotes of scientists who have tested things out on themselves, and there are myriad examples, and each is worse than the last.
1: Myriad. Myriad. <laughs> it,
3: uh, one of the funnier ones that I just looked up today was there was a guy who had something implanted in his flesh nope. uh, that was more or less like, you know, computer-y, like remote control something or other so that from hanging out on the, on the couch, he could open the door or like answer the phone or do, do something without having to get up and do the thing. Hmm. And he just did this to himself, because why not? Yeah. So we're, we're getting there, guys. I
0: read an article a few months ago about a guy who, I forget why he did this. He's trying to design basically a sort of brain implant. And I think the long-term goal would be that, you know, would help with artificial limbs or something. I don't remember. But he's been trying for years to get this one particular methodology through, but it sounds like there's this other one that's more widely accepted and probably better. But this is the one he came up with. Hmm. And he went to, like, a doctor in a foreign country who was, you know, where the rules were less strict. Like, literally, like someone like a terrible movie. He's like, all right, jam these things in my brain! And uh, he's fine now, but Whoa. he totally jumbled his speech center for like a month.
3: Whoops. Yeah,
0: yeah. At least
3: further testing.
0: At least with, with McCoy, maybe he was space-addled, but even if he wasn't, you know, like he said, it's like, well,
3: probably gonna die anyway. It's either it. die this way, trying to help Or wait uh, with no hope.
0: Yeah, and die really quite horribly, frankly. Mm. Versus, you know, I'm going to implant something random into myself for reasons? I'm lazy,
1: apparently, like door guy there. I think there's an interesting story to be told about a race of people, a planet of people who designs a immortality drug only for it to backfire. Hmm. This is not that story, though. It would
3: have been, it would have been great if we saw more of that and less of the children. <laughs>
1: yeah. like, do they not do clinical trials? Were they not like, okay, we're going to try this out on, on the 50 one, people?
0: The one thing this world didn't develop was an FDA. Yeah, hmm. evidently. Um, because you didn't fuck with the 1960s FDA. They're the only reason thalidomide was not widely used in this country.
1: Yeah, it's true. Which
3: one is thalidomide? It's
1: the It was a drug that. It
3: was like a morning sickness yeah, drug. Cured
1: but it, morning sickness. But it
3: fucked your baby. Yeah,
1: horrible birth defects.
3: Oh, okay. Sickness. So it's better to just have the morning sickness. Yes, yeah, much, mm.
0: much. Uh, and actually, the person who it was, she was one of the first. I don't think she was the head of. You, but the person who basically said, like, no, there hasn't been enough work on this yet, was a woman, one of the first high-ranking women in the FDA, and she got a lot of flack, and then. In all the other countries where thalidomide was widespread, the children were born with the birth defects, and everyone went, oh, fuck, and she got some sort of award
1: from Kennedy. Hmm. Yeah, the interesting thing about thalidomide, too, is that it's not, it, the reason why they thought it was safe was because it's only, it's a chiral, it's a chiral molecule, meaning that it has two configurations, It a left-handed configuration or right-handed con- configuration, like the actual. And they do different things, or what? Well, right. That's so. There's certain elements that they're they're chiral elements that have different properties depending on how the bonds form and whether they're right-handed or left-handed. And the common, I want to say right-handed. I could be backwards, but the common right-handed form of thalidomide is perfectly safe, and you could take it all the time, and you just wouldn't have morning sickness. It's a great drug. But the problem is, every like one out of every ten thousand probably even higher than that but you know one out of every x molecules of this drug would be the the poisonous left-handed variety that caused horrible birth defects huh. and there was no way you could like screen for that or filter it out of the manufacturing process right. oh. so they did tons and tons of clinical tests on this evidently and that's why they thought it was safe mm. Uh, it wasn't until much later, when after all this stuff happened, that they found, "Oh, wait a minute! Some doses—if you just happen to get one that has this fucked-up thing with it—and uh, it happened a lot. Yeah, yeah, like t- tens of thousands of babies born screwy."
0: This has yeah. been Genuine Science Corner on the Stardust Nearby Podcast.
3: I've got I've got more anecdotes of people who tested shit on themselves. If you want to hear more, please. Oh, the fun ones. The fun ones are ones that I've seen on TV because they're, because they're, they have, what is the word I'm looking for? They have reenactments. So they have reenactments of uh, various people trying to reenact what the thing would have been. And there's a fun one that I saw on a show called The Mystery of Matter, which a friend of mine is actually in. You should check it out. Uh, When Sir Humphrey Davy discovered laughing gas and tested it on himself and then invited his friends later because he found out that it was fun.
1: Let's do weapons. He had no <laughs> he had no
3: idea what it would do until they realized that, you know, it created this euphoria that Amazing. they ended up, you know, using as laughing gas. Wow. That's and the other a... really fun one is from a show that used to be on Science Channel. I don't know if it's still around. Uh, it was called Dark Matters, which explored lots of weird science stuff. And uh, Edwin Katsky... What was researching cocaine because they used to use cocaine as an anesthetic.
1: They used it as a lot of things. They still use it as an anesthetic. Do they really? That's why cocaine is Schedule B versus like marijuana, which is Schedule One because cocaine has. You can actually get prescribed cocaine, sometimes used as a topical during like light surgeries. It's basically Novocaine and cocaine are more or less the same drug. Wild. Huh. That's Fair very enough.
3: interesting. Well, he was he was looking into why some patients had a net very negative reaction to, to to cocaine and used like 24 times the normal dosage on himself. Jesus. Um, and he
0: invented the stock market.
3: When f- when <laughs> It was a very lethal dose, and he just wrote on his walls everything that he was feeling through the time. And his handwriting degenerates through the whole time that he's writing on his walls. And there'll be like moments where he he comes back. Ah, I can stand up again, so here I am writing. And the last word that they think he wrote was paralysis, and then the s like trailed off to the floor, and they found him dead in the morning. Like
0: the castle Arg. He could have been dictating. What? God damn! That <laughs> yeah. is that is horrifying.
3: Scient- scientists do this kind of stuff all the time. They'll inject things. They'll eat bugs. They'll yeah. eat tapeworms to see what they do. Yeah. It's you know, thank Christ for the FDA, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
0: I guess the other thing too with Anthony even if they did do it as a what's the word? Clinical trial. Clinical trial on mm. this world. It, it seemed to be viral based. So if there was even just the slightest flaw in their isolation system, that also could have just allowed it to get out. Oh, yeah. It could be they took precautions, but they didn't take enough precautions and it all just...
3: They went full Resident Evil.
0: Yeah, just spiraled out of control.
3: It's a little bit of the, the Ice Nine that we were talking about from the Vonnegut book. Yeah. It just gets everywhere.
0: Exactly. And
3: then you're fucked. Whoops.
0: So, before we move on, like, I think we, we can't talk about this episode without discussing how super uncomfortable most of Kirk's interactions with Miri are.
3: Listen, listen. I never get involved with older women.
0: Wow. <laughs> like,
3: I just, I mean,
0: the only way Kirk knows how to interact with, with a woman, even if they're a, still a teenager or a child, is like to just kind of smirk at them and compliment them, and it's like, Jesus Christ, you're You're such a pretty girl. I think your name is pretty. He was, yeah. Well, Especially, like I said, once he realized she was into him, he really just amped it up as much as he could. That fool. Yeah.
2: And Yeoman Rand almost had to reap what he sowed.
0: Yeah, well done, Bill. I mean, Jim. I mean, whatever. (laughs) All of them. Mm. What I also loved about uh, Doc testing on himself is that it ultimately rendered... Kirk's impassioned speech to the children completely moot.
3: The impassioned speech to the children was moot anyway because the children weren't fucking listening.
0: That's true. They they, they just got bored and let him go. Yeah, and I After mean, trying to murder him with a wrench.
3: And but I mean that him. on two levels. I mean the children, you know, as characters yeah, weren't yeah. listening and also the children actors were fucking terrible.
0: The, the little girl that was standing on the desk while they tried to beat him to death just kind
1: of staring into the middle distance... She was my favorite. Uh,
3: (laughs) So the 60s is before we have child actors? Is this what's going on?
1: No, I mean, Ron Howard was acting then, so...
2: They probably just didn't want to pay a bunch of kids. They probably got them for free or really
3: cheaply if it was
2: bring your child to work day.
1: (laughs) If they had had Ron Howard in this episode... That would have made it a lot better. I okay, I Probably. haven't I haven't
3: seen Corbomite Maneuver yet. That's next on the door. Well that's Clint. Yeah. That's to say you can't have oh my Ron, God. Howard How? Clint Ron Howard without so. Ron Howard was
1: on um, Andy Griffith, Griffith show. Oh yeah, Andy Griffith Show with um, Andy. Everybody Andy else that it. was on Andy Griffith show. Uh, that's right. Thought Don Knott's yeah, I was trying to uh, think of Don Knott's.
3: Was Ron on Star Trek at all?
1: No. Uh, uh, Clint Howard was Baloch mm-hmm. in Corbomite Maneuver. Spoilers. Mm. Also, it is actually a spoiler because it's not revealed until Later in the episode, who the maybe. actor is? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's,
3: it's
0: true. He also reappears years later as a Ferengi. Yeah, oh, because he because he looks like a Ferengi say, in already, real life. Yeah, I was just he thinking. Just, Sorry, the ears.
1: Clint, you're you're a wonderful actor, but next well, you're not that let's great. Let's not get an actor. carried away here. Like. Your brother is really talented, Clint. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You got really lucky, Clint. You have a good brother whose coattails you can ride. But I, you're not
0: a pretty man. I enjoy Clint Howard. I think even without his brother, he probably would have been a very successful character
1: actor. Just based, that's just he's got the face.
3: That's what you need if you want to be a character actor. I rather and, thought and sometimes it. a voice. I rather thought he had a face for radio. But no. oh.
1: He did not have one of the six approved 60s faces. No, that's true. That's why he wasn't in this episode. Yeah. They
0: probably auditioned him for this
1: episode and just went like,
0: nope, nope, sorry, that's outside <laughs> we, the corner. We would rather
1: have you play a weird, creepy alien baby later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no one
2: will believe that you're a human child.
0: <laughs> look, I believe Clint Howard is a human before I believe fucking Bonk Bonk was a human goddamn child. You know,
2: I, I I hate to say this, but I would hate for us to like look him up later and find out there's something like seriously wrong with him.
0: I'm sure there is. He was a child actor back in the day. He was probably hepped up on goofballs half the time.
2: No, I meant like genetically, some kind of something. Oh, that yeah,
0: it's possible.
2: Yeah. Anyway, mm. poor Bonk Bonk.
0: Mm. Maybe he just dropped on his head. I mean, if not, Shatner definitely did later. Well, yeah, yeah. Shat- I, I like to imagine they actually did that take several times, and that was the least violent one he did, which is why they went with it like, Bill, for Christ's sakes, what? Oh, okay, okay, he broke the set with a child. Everyone break the lodge, we need to fix the set. He broke the set
2: with, with the child. a child. Mm-hmm. Not, oh dear, look what he did to that child. He <laughs> broke the set with a child.
0: Look, sets are expensive Children or a diamond doesn't.
2: I don't think that the sets on this show were expensive. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's this when when Charlie X throws Kirk and Spock yeah, across the room, the they break the wall. Oh
3: man, I missed that. that on there's air, a forget. dent in the wall that Nemoy yeah. Nimoy played when they yeah, they he did elbowed that leap. the
1: wall, and there's just like a big hole in the wall of the ship. Well, and that's then, like they, how hard he threw. Yeah. Them. Well, they cha- the thing is, they I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll buy that. And then they changed shots, like they changed angles, and it was the wall was fixed. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
2: Well, I didn't even notice. Should have just committed.
0: Mm. Speaking of committed, (laughs) Dagger of the Mind. Good
3: segue, Chris. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Oh, Dagger of the Mind. I know Jake hated Dagger of the Mind. You may have hated it the most of of the four of
1: us. I just, I don't know what it was. I feel like the director, I don't know. Was this a first time director on this one? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the writing of it was poor the story could have been okay but really where i think the episode failed most is with the direction and i because it just, i just i felt very confused a lot of the time and the and the characters kirk and spock and mccoy were not acting themselves almost it, it did not feel like they were the same characters the way they interacted with each other it did not feel right and mm. i'm wondering and i'm wondering how much of that is the direction and then plus just the way it's edited together in the, the progression of the scenes
3: yeah they, they don't help to 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 alleviate the, the confusion i felt like there were a lot of plot holes and a lot of bits left out of the logic
1: yeah, if they wanted the audience to feel like dr van what's his fuck gilder dr van gelder then then they succeeded maybe maybe that was the goal maybe they're like <laughs> oh we want the audience to feel as fucking wrong-headed as this guy
3: no you certainly did jake <laughs>
0: I, I appreciated for me because I, I, this is one I hadn't seen in a long time. So, a lot of the finer points I, I'd long since forgotten. And so, when we get to the bit where, where McCoy smirkingly says he's found Kirk as an assistant, I'm like, Well, you know, it's going to be a pretty young woman.
2: Ugh.
3: And then it's, he walks okay. in, though. Yeah, he walks in, and it is a pretty young woman with the shortest skirt on the set yet. Yes. Well, and then Chris and is great like. Breasts. And the, the, they share this kind of, And Kirk
0: looks a little awkward when he sees her.
2: And Chris is like, oh, because we met at the Christmas party and hooked up. And then three seconds later, she's like, yeah, we met in the science, you know, Christmas party. Yes, I remember. And Chris is like, what the fuck? I was
0: kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, just a weird... That, that scene in the transporter room... This
3: had better be the best damn assistant I've had yet.
1: Yeah, it's just not... Not he, Kirk wasn't acting like himself and Spock wasn't acting like himself like it's like the director just said to Spock like okay I just want you to stand around and smirk a lot this episode and, and you know look knowingly at Kirk from time to time <laughs> you wanted to fuck her Captain yeah
2: <sighs> she was wicked annoying
3: oh my god she, she was she like, was not a good assistant it was so a, McCoy did it wrong it was amazing to have someone be so
2: fucking annoying and yet get such the short end of the stick all the time cause I feel like she only got to finish her sentences about half the fucking time And yet she still somehow Was like the most annoying Least likable person in this episode Like well, All
3: she did was disagree with Kirk On everything when they went down to Tantalus Oh everyone's weird She's like no no this is just how hospitals are Everything's fine here there's nothing unusual. How do you know?
2: You just got here. It's like that woman who was like, "No, ESP is not the doctor." Who was like, "ESP is not dangerous." It's like she was so. <laughs> it's like she was so like had so much faith in her cause in her in her chosen profession that she was like, "Nope, absolutely no wrong can be done here." It was like this like I don't know like insistent naivete or
0: something. Mm-hmm. She does straight up murder a guy though. I mean, unintentionally. Oh, that was yeah, that's great. I that give her big scene points scene. for that. Cause she, I mean, she murders that guy, admittedly unintentionally, and she's just like, Is "Well, that- fine by me," and fucks off. <laughs> Is that like, manslaughter?
2: Yeah. Was unintentional?
0: I mean, this was self defense, so it might not even be manslaughter, really. Oh, I mean, she does kill a man by throwing him into an electrical panel. Yeah, which again, admittedly, she didn't mean to do clearly, but she did not like break down. She didn't freak out. She's like. Yep, fair enough. Well, it's like you said, Life Chris, on my head.
2: She's She's got the training and skills to work through this herself.
0: Yeah, mm. Yes, that's true. She can analyze but How did
2: better. that make me feel? Well. She's well, also got
0: the training and skills, apparently, to find her way to a uh, main power room via the ductwork of a building she's never been in in well, her entire life. The also, giant ductwork.
3: She also has the skills to, to go up to, to the neural... What is it fucking called? The neural neutralizer a machine that she's never worked before and only knows the uh, the concept that she's familiar with of how neutralizing neurons would go and yet knows exactly how to work
1: the machine. I mean, it's clearly it's just fair. two knobs. Yeah, I think all
0: the other buttons are for show. That, like, turns on the
1: doctor's <laughs> like iPod. Two, two knobs and a giant off-light. Yeah. <laughs> like, what piece of equipment only has an off-light? <laughs> only... Uh, that's seems
0: wasteful, yeah. That's
1: like those light switches that are illuminated when they're off so you yeah. can find them in the dark, yeah. but... but At least no. that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. The, the... Kind of. I mean, the illumination
0: shit on those, though. But True. That's why they went away, basically.
3: I don't know. I was, I was confused, and I don't know if you guys can help with this, but I was confused what the fuck the neural neutralizer even was. I had to look it up afterwards, and it's a... Means of implanting suggestion that also gives you a profound sense of loneliness because somehow those are related. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't get, I got the suggestiveness angle. I even got like they clearly totally borked Van Gelder's head with it, but I didn't realize the whole loneliness implication was 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 sort of a a given until the end where they're discussing it. Like mm. Van Gelder talked about being empty and stuff, but I didn't get a sense of the machine felt underdeveloped and it sort of just did whatever they needed it to do in a scene,
2: I'd agree with that. And it breaks your mind, and it gives you amnesia, so you don't remember anything
3: about it. Yeah. And yet, Kirk is fine. Kirk is ma- ma- manages after after being subjected to this machine. You just say, "No, Kirk, this isn't real." Oh, right, everything's fine now, and and, I, they apparently... and all my memories are intact. And and well, they even managed when... to fix Van
0: Gelder. It sounds like because it sounds like at the end he's in charge of the. Oh, the all, are they, scrambled. all they had yeah. to do was mind meld him.
2: No. All I had to do was reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, right? <laughs> so, actually, yeah. Go on. You first. No, i was just going to bring up the mind meld. Yeah, so was I. So. Oh, so you, okay. So I'll you... bring up the mind meld. No!
1: <laughs> so this is the first mind meld we ever oh, saw. Oh, <laughs> Not <nerd! laughs> all the backups <laughs> are on there!
2: And I wasn't actually going to throw it at him. I was. Good. Well, go ahead, Jake. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. You take it. Take it
0: away, toys. So we finally saw Spock do a mind meld. The one, the one sort of maybe positive or highlight. Here's where this starts.
1: And it was actually, I mean, that's pretty close to what we see with other mind melds, with, you know, the 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 victim or patient or what have you being in sort of a trance-like state. But is this, do we ever see a situation where the mind meld D is the one speaking? Like he was doing this weird speaking in in the third person but like in the like, plural like, third what person. did they make us forget yeah, yeah. yeah. it was kind of weird well yeah.
2: i would think that you could explain that away aside from just being like oh they've never done it before and they don't know how it works you could also say that like actually he has never done it he says to mccoy like i've never done this yes. to people i don't know what
0: the fuck's gonna happen
3: to a human specifically yeah,
0: to a human so like it could also have something to do with the fact the guy's brain was all jumbled mm. and this and that but i think they also just realized later just just let me do the weird mumbling. Yeah. He does it really well. Yeah. As long the as it's different. From the, when he
1: does it to the Horda. That's, yeah. That's pretty cool. It's a good scene.
3: Yeah. And as long as it's different from the from the weird hypnosis thing that's happening with the, the neural neutralizer. Yeah. That was probably. That's a different kind of trance-like state. That's probably
0: part of what influenced how they even did it. was like, we need this to be very different from this hypnosis machine, this, this mind meld thing. Do they refer to it as a mind meld specifically in this? He calls it an ancient Vulcan technique. I know that much. Does yeah. McCoy not call it a mind melt? I don't remember. If there's any chance,
2: this mind meld will help. I feel like he said that. Yeah, he may have. I could be wrong. I could be making it up, yeah. making up stories that Doc has told me in my head.
1: Yeah, I feel like I don't remember being mentioned by name, um, but I, again, I could be wrong too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, uh, there were similarities in this episode to another. Uh, classic 60s show that I'm a big fan of which is The Prisoner <laughs> oh gosh The Prisoner Jeez.
2: I made a reference to The Prisoner while we were watching it Relic so please go
1: on well I mean there's there's certainly a lot of episodes where they employ similar technology to fuck with uh, The Prisoner number six played by Patrick McGowan's mind there's one that comes to mind called The Schizoid Man which is also the title of a TNG episode mm. um, really Mm-hmm. yeah and the story there's a the story behind that is originally Patrick McGowan was supposed to be the guest star in that episode oh, cool but yeah. he bailed or something mm-hmm. He went to do a Columbo instead
0: yeah
2: that sounds right
1: Well yeah there's an episode called the schizoid man where they use a similar device to implant weird thoughts into number six's head to make him think that this other guy is him like they do this weird thing where they trick him or they like teach him to use his left hand instead of his right while he's in this weird trance. Anyway, but yeah, there are numerous instances on, on The Prisoner where they use weird mind-altering techniques like they used uh, in this episode.
3: Yeah, until you get to the finale of The Prisoner, which is what what the, the various inmates of of Tantalus would have done with this episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, dem bones.
3: Them dry bones. So, Prisoner aside, what else from Dagger of the Mind... Is is hitting us in all the right and wrong places.
1: <laughs> uh, there was uh Kirk got a great upskirt when he put what's her face <laughs> into the duct. Like I was just like, Holy shit, she's like she's wearing this short skirt and he like pushes her yeah. into the duct and I'm like, Whoa! Hey. Yeah. But he didn't he didn't react. So um yeah. Good on him. Yeah.
3: Well, he was. Was this after Always that he, the professional. This is after that. He he thinks that he's been intimate with her at the Christmas party.
1: I think it is after. Can um, we talk
3: about the Christmas party a little bit and how there's still Christmas parties in? in well, remember space? Charlie X?
0: There's still Thanksgiving apparently.
3: Oh, this is true. That yeah. makes more sense though.
2: Thanksgiving isn't based in a religion. No, but
0: it is based on a specific country.
2: Well, yeah, but isn't Kirk's from America?
0: Yeah, but to have it be ship wide seems a little weird.
2: Yeah, Scotty
3: shouldn't have to eat turkey.
0: Yeah, turkey's awful. Yeah,
1: it, so, it sounds that,
0: like. It's
2: meatloaf that it looks like turkey.
0: <laughs> well, yes. I mean, that's the thing. yes, to clarify, yes, I know there's Canadian Thanksgiving other countries' Thanksgivings, but Kirk does ask specifically for turkeys, so we're talking American Thanksgiving yeah, on the I'm guessing it's Friday. just
1: a tradition that yeah. the American crewmen
0: observe yeah i don't
1: know
0: i will say though christmas lasting into the 23rd century to me makes a little more sense because let's be honest it's already super commercialized and no matter what fox news wants you to think not about jesus so i could see it still lasting into the future by name and being there we have parties and give gifts but with the Religious aspect completely eschewed. I I mean, in in modern Japan, it's a big deal, but it's it's a completely secular holiday.
2: It's more like Valentine's Day, isn't it? From what I've read,
1: yeah. Well, and actually,
2: they're starting to do it in Turkey as well, sort of. Really, um, I've heard. Yeah, they don't. It sort of becomes part of their.
1: Say, if they're doing if they're doing Christmas in Turkey, then before long they'll be doing Thanksgiving in chicken ham. is the one is the food that yeah, you get. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're done what? making dumb jokes. But anyway, no,
3: I just knew that that Roddenberry specifically wanted to keep religion out of the series. Mm. Until we get to DS9, which has so many religions that they just fight.
1: Yes, yes,
0: space religions. I would, I would love to see a 60s Enterprise Christmas party. I, would, if it was done well, it would amuse me to no end. You just, know, I imagine, <laughs> I mean, you got Scotty and Doc, who both love a drink. Anyway, what? but on a time where they have an excuse to really go to town, you know, at some point McCoy would be trying to get a Santa hat and beard onto Spock. You know, oh. put, put, put it on. Put, you're no know, fun. Put on the fucking beard, you green-blooded Oh, I have to go wrong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think we didn't turn up the
0: game. <laughs> it would be interesting, you know, that there should be an episode that was just a, a Christmas party on the Enterprise. I'm
2: just picturing that scene in Tinker Taylor.
0: The film version, yeah. yeah that's that's, Something that's like what that. the Christmas
2: party would look like to me. I think. I'm t-
0: completely okay with that. Ruby. They all get up and start singing the Klingon National Anthem partway through.
1: So I want to know, so there was obviously a very awkward interaction in the transporter room between Kirk and Noel. Noel. Noelle, her name is Noelle. It's Helen,
2: they, Dr. Helen Noel. And they met at the, the
1: Christmas, Christmas party. party. I didn't make that connection. Oh, what the terrible. fuck, Star Trek? That's <laughs> pretty bad. Oh. Well, that makes, actually, that makes she, what I was going to say make more sense. She wasn't his first Noelle. So, when they had that awkward interaction, my first thought was, oh, they totally plowed. But now, yeah, but, but then it's later they didn't plow. But now that I realize that her name is Noelle, obviously Kirk made a joke that didn't, Go over uh, like. That let's is, see if yeah.
2: Christmas comes
0: twice this year.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: No, uh, you'll have me singing "Noel, Noel." He uh, apparently yeah, talked about the stars. The I mean, thing
0: is, she was apparently impressed, yeah.
1: but it was awkward. Like. I, like, why was it so awkward for him to see her again? Because
2: yeah, he, he hung a little bundle of mistletoe above Little Kirk. Oh. Just didn't go well.
0: <laughs> uh. I imagine maybe it was a case where things were starting to maybe go somewhere, and then his, no, I'm the captain yeah. instincts kicked in, by which I mean he noticed Spock glaring at him from across the room.
2: Or smirking. I, I mean, mm. I
0: would argue that it wasn't
2: his, I'm the captain, and more like, I'm going to fuck so many green bitches. Mm. not gonna hitch my wagon yeah well you
1: certainly you, you don't where you eat yeah as a ship captain you certainly don't want to fraternize with the crew you sure as shit shouldn't I'm pretty sure there's rules against it well yeah yeah that's true
3: at least it's not Rand this time mm. he's showing he's showing some diversity
1: that's true poor Rand yeah the other thing I don't know if this was just the actress and her look or you know like did she have did she to me she had like a resting smirk face like she kind of did. She always yeah. looked like she was kind of like almost like giving a like a sarcastic smile. Yeah, which I mean in the teleporter room that kind of made sense. But then it just kind of hung yeah, around. Yeah, it hung around on the planet, and I was like... And I don't know if it was a choice by the actor to do that, or if that's just how she looks, which is why... I, I mean, we have been bitching just, about yeah, the directing. Or the bad director. Or and, the bad director, like, you know, you should always look like you think you're the smartest person in the room.
3: Even though you get proven terribly, yeah, terribly even wrong
1: Yeah, Even though by the end of the episode, you, you've made a total fool of yourself.
3: And had to kill somebody.
1: <laughs> and had to kill a man. That's... I mean, I was... That is great. You know but
0: what I actually loathed uh and this was not her fault but the hair department's fault that one random big ass lock of hair they decided to have hanging loose from her wig.
3: I feel like I've seen a bunch of those on, on other, either women extras or some of the women characters on the show so far. It's just that they always have the hair that's like lopsided to one side with a bit that doesn't work yeah, into the look. it's
0: like they thought that would be futuristic. Guys, it's
2: fashion. Yeah, but let's let's be real though. High fashion is hideous a lot of the time. Mm. Like, I mean, also that wouldn't be out of place. And this has
0: been through a couple, but since we're talking about it, I fucking hate Janice's wig. Oh, see, I like
3: Janice's wig. The, bas- so I like, the basket I weave like wig? The,
0: I like that part, right? My problem with it is it's obvious, like, the shape aside, it's obviously a wig because whenever you see her from behind, it's it's clearly a cheap wig. You can tell it's, like, the way the hair, it's very, the, the, her back of hair is very uneven and stiff looking, and it's like, guys, come on, you, I mean, yes, obvious it's a wig because no one would actually do that basket weave thing with their hair, but you couldn't have shelled okay. out for a better wig that wouldn't have looked as bad from behind it's only from behind it looks really bad but you see it from behind a couple times in miri for example you just really it's like it looks like a cheap wig
2: you're probably the only person in 50 years to have noticed because everybody else was too busy looking at dat ass Mm. fair enough poor rand
1: yeah you know something you know i've been realizing that at this point in the show i wonder if they had sort of settled on who the permanent cast members would be because there's like for example there's there's hardly any episodes that have Scotty in it. Yeah. yeah, or Sulu. Yeah, yeah, Sulu. yeah Sulu wasn't um, showing up I f- And I feel like... Uhura wasn't in this one. The she wasn't guy. in this one, but... She she... No, yeah, no, th- she
2: was. She showed up at the end, didn't she? Did she? Or was that Did the previous She episode? might have
1: just been, like, in the background, too. Because she's on the bridge a lot. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I she
0: feel was... like I
2: heard her musical She was in voice. Dagger of the Mind. Yeah. She
0: wasn't in Miri. And that guy who'd been, like, the helmsman a couple episodes ago, this the, the one who'd been the helmsman in I, Mud... Mm, sort of the gawky chap with yeah. the
1: big eyes. He was on oh, with calm the, the, the for big, some ta- reason. The tall hair? Yeah. He was oh, on the communication. She, she might
3: have
2: been on break, I mean. Yeah, yeah. but it's just yeah, it weird. But, Somebody's got to be on that shit.
1: But yeah, my, my point was more that, you know, obviously, Rand, at this point in the series, Rand is a bigger character than yeah. you know, Scotty or Sulu. Or, R- yeah, almost, or
2: almost anyone aside from Spock yeah, and like, um, Bones.
1: So clearly, I think they were setting her up to be one of the... One of the main crew, one of the main characters, which obviously yeah. that didn't happen because, she, yeah, as we discussed uh, last week, yeah, for for various reasons she left the show. So, but I, I don't know. I just think that's interesting. So I wonder at which point we start to really see the the big six. It's, 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 it's,
0: yeah, six. Probably, I mean, considering how far we're all, we're already kind of getting, it might not be until season two that they which, really firm things up. At which point it'll be seven because we'll have added Checkoff by that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, you know our, our other sort of recurring regulars. Because um, I forget, I, I mentioned him very early on. but I, We still haven't seen Kyle.
1: We haven't, have we? Yeah,
0: no. There, no cause they, there was Probably that.
2: I said the actor was showing up, but not as the character.
0: No, I think that that was someone else. Oh, okay. I remember who. But yeah, because there, there was that annoying guy who sang Irish ballads, but that wasn't Kyle. That was someone else. Yeah,
1: that was uh, Riley.
0: Riley. Riley, right. Yeah, Kyle eventually. He's like a blonde or something, I want to say. So he shows up eventually, but uh, he may not pop
1: up till season two. Yeah.
0: Or does he show up in Conscience of the King?
1: Or does, does Riley get all that bupkis? We'll get there. Uh, Les- yeah. Leslie is, a, is around, but he's just a... An well, extra, basically. Yeah, he's been around
0: since... Um,
2: oh, Leslie, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, about. Lieutenant
0: Leslie, or his actor at least, has been around since Where No Man Has Gone Before.
1: Yeah, and there was one point where he was in a different uniform. Yeah, he was in one, one of those green, one of the
0: green jump jumpsuits, suits, and he got referred to by a different name, so he was not yet Leslie. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's definitely what I was thinking of then. That makes more sense. But yeah,
1: so it'd be interesting to see... Yeah, because in, in neither of these two episodes, Miri or... Dagger of the Mind. Did we see Sulu or um, uh, Scotty. Scotty at all? So yeah, Scotty
0: hasn't had a ton to do in this chunk of the. You know, he showed up a lot to get mad about the laws of physics and space madness. There, mm-hmm. uh, he's operated the transporter a couple of times.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I forget what episode it was. It may have been one of these two, for all I know. But there was one episode that they had they had a uh, come in do the transporter bit, uh, and then they realized, oh, we don't have to pay him for this. Let's just have an extra do the transporter bit and cut
1: his, cut his scene. Right, because he would have been principal. Yeah, principal. Well, I don't know. Are they? Are any of them principals? Because only the only two credited currently in the no, opening sure. credits are Boy uh, and, and Shatner. Yeah. Still, it's probably more expensive than... Um, yeah, I, I don't know how SAG stuff works, but I'm sure I. if you're hired on as a speaking character, as a recurrent character, you are probably paid a higher rate than Yeah. Um, some extras that just come in for the day. Yeah.
0: This, I think, too, might be the first mention of the fact that transporters don't work through shields. Yeah, that's which true. Which ends up being very important throughout the rest of Star Trek. That's cool. You know, that, that's sort of a very key thing that you can't teleport through shields, which... Is good because ultimately that would make just too many stories. You know, you could just sit there going, "Why isn't someone just transporting a photon torpedo into the engine room,
1: or transporting a boarding party onto the ship?" Yeah, like there's, there's. I feel as though what there was some point where probably in the writing room, if I don't, if they had a writers' room, probably not. But in some writing meeting where they were talking about some episode, somebody like raised their hand and was like, "Um, why can't they just beam onto the enemy ship?" And they all kind of looked at each other like. Oh. Yeah, we should uh. Yeah. You can't beam through shields. That's the trick. Yeah. What are shields? Oh, uh, shit. Now we need to. <laughs> now we need to invent
0: shields. <laughs> but that had, you know, that and that has. So, if nothing else, this episode gave us the mind meld, not beaming through shields, a really sweet
1: murder of a guy in an electric panel,
3: and that short ass skirt.
1: <laughs> Did anybody other than me notice also at the end the final scene on the bridge, after everything is resolved, Kirk is still acting really weird to me, as though... And again, this is... I feel he, like...
3: He had his, I was thinking about the buffalo, look on his face. Yeah.
1: yeah which... He looked like he was still under the influence of the mind machine. Yeah. And mm. and again, I just... And there was a weird interaction he had with not Shatner pauses, but just like weird, awkward pauses in this conversation he has with Spock. And... Uh, I don't know, I it just, it, the editing, the directing, and the writing, and and actually the acting on the episode wasn't terrible. Yeah, it was once you, weird for the regulars. The guy yeah, that played Von Trapp. Um, Von Gelder. <laughs> Von Gelder. Van the guy, Christopher Plummer? Yeah, Van Gelder was, I thought, played that pretty well. I was impressed. I kind of wondered at one
0: point if they put drops in his eyes or something, because his pupils were always so tiny. Mm-hmm. which really helped add to the like I'm a crazy fucker look that he <laughs> had. Which I was saying that when we were watching it it's like, you know, Star Trek, if it needs to hire a crazy
1: or a creeper, they nail it. Are there any drops that make your pupils smaller?
2: No, I can think of dilating. Yeah, obviously.
1: yeah there's a lot. That's right. Like I don't know I don't do know, know what the application for that would be.
0: I wonder if just before every scene, they just made him stare into a flashlight for ten seconds and then
1: filmed as wow, quick as they probably could. pretty goddamn bright on set. And oh, yeah. Because he was sure, holding right. his eyes open so yeah. much, maybe that's just... what It was more S- noticeable. Still, you'd think that
0: would mean throughout the history of television, it would just be people always have tiny... Like, his were noticeably tiny. Well, again, mm. though,
2: it's because he's forcing his eyes open. Yeah, hmm. maybe. Well, maybe. I don't know. Either way, it's how,
0: whether it was a coincidence or they jammed a light in his eyes or whatever... <laughs> It or, really or it was worked.
2: Horrible contacts, <laughs> like, possibly with tinfoil layered in them. Oh. No, that's
0: what they actually—they just terrified his eyes by holding those near them. And oh, the oh, eyes oh, just oh. instinctively.
3: That would help with the acting too. You'd be terrified. Oh. No, he did a great job. Apparently, he did. apparently the uh, the actor, like after all of the filming, he was like a wreck for a while afterwards because he had Jeez. to like be tense and crazy for so much. Yeah, I can see that. See that being a problem. Good for him though.
1: I do think the episode spent far more time than it needed to on him. Yeah. Mm. And that there was more pertinent stuff on the planet side that could have been...
3: What different. I wanted to see more of was Director Adams, because we don't know why the fuck he wanted to use the neural neural uh, neutralizer on fucking everybody and go full-on evil, like, mad scientist.
0: Yeah, he'd had a long enough career that you feel like he hadn't spent the whole thing being evil. What was his... I was kind of always waiting for a motivation scene that we just Mm.
3: never got. One bad day. (laughs) Mm. Van Gelder was bragging about his neural neutralizer, so I just strapped him in there and said, How do you like it? How do you like it, Simon? Well, was it actually...
0: Because I assumed everything Adam said about the neural neutralizer was a lie, so I always assumed it was his device, not actually Van Gelder's.
3: Could have been that, too. And
0: that he just fried van gelder's brain and started lying about it because he knew he could
2: well but you do well that's actually a good motivation i went full crazy because i had to destroy all the evidence that i had gone full crazy but But the idea But how did he go full crazy in the first place also if
1: you know it could have been a defense mechanism you know if he was using the neutralizer to work on patients and maybe van gelder's like dude you really got to be careful that thing i don't think we should be using that on people and yeah, then we Avia? do
3: see that he used it on Leithay, the girl that comes in. Was. Is that what her name was? Lefe. I could not,
1: every time he said it, I was like, what the fuck did he just yeah, say? she <laughs> looked, uh, she was dazed and confused.
0: Yeah, they did rather tip their hand too early with her. It's like, yeah, no, something's clearly super, because I mean, you've got the word of a madman, and at this point you could have some doubts, like, is he just crazy? They could have, I feel like, run with that a bit longer, but the but they... minute she walks in, you're just like, yeah, no, Adams is evil.
3: But we do have Noel constantly saying, "No, no, she's fine. That's how that's how you're supposed to act."
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not believable, though, is it? Oh, honey. And you're just like no, job. no, L. Oh. <laughs> ah, God. Yeah, I don't think this was a bad premise for an episode, though. Kind of like the last one. Yeah. It just it just was the execution was very fucked up. <laughs> they screwed it up. Yeah.
3: This was a bad week for us, then, guys. I mean, I. Do you do you like? Okay, here's the question: Do you like bad episodes, or are you one of those people that bad episodes just rub you wrong, no matter how entertaining they can be?
0: So I mean, like, I didn't dislike Dagger's Mind as much. I mean, having talked about it, is slightly worse than I realized. But I don't think I've, I've yet come across one where I was just like, Ugh, "Is it over yet?" Hmm. I mean, I know that'll happen eventually, but so far I haven't really encountered one of those. It depends on in what way it's
1: bad.
3: Yeah, there are definitely television shows that I will watch that are bad that I watch to see how bad they can get. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, this there's there's a difference between bad television and tedious bad television. Definitely. And and this this was just bad television, but it was still you know it was still interesting to watch. I, I don't feel like my time was wasted.
3: Hmm. I think they could have cut a lot of Mary out. They could have, they could have halved that episode because it was starting to get tedious. Yeah. The nya-nya, nya Well,
1: and I feel that I feel that, that dagger ooh. could have been either significantly streamlined, or if they had just focused on the the actual interesting stuff, mm. it would have been better. Versus you know, ooh, more Ben Gelder acting. Yeah, like a fucking madman. Guess what? I'm
2: crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we got the memo. That's yeah. good.
3: Yeah, so. You woke up the cat with that one, Chris. Sorry, Whoa, cat. Oh, poor
2: kitty. Uh. Well, hopefully next week we'll next be on. Week so mean, to we, we type, next week we're supposed to have some good, better, better.
3: Next week is Corbin might remote maneuver and the menagerie. Both the menageries, which part we're gonna we're gonna two. tie them into one. Yeah,
0: one big bastard episode. Because at the end of the day, there's probably less than an episode's worth of the framing story, which will be the only part that's new mm. really
2: but it'll be interesting to see how yeah. like our view of the original material is shaped by the shape yeah yeah thing. it's a new nice. framing material so i'm, yeah. I'm excited about that like, it'll be fun all right well
0: thank you for joining us yet again this has been a star to steer her please find us on twitter at sshb podcast we're also on tumblr under sshb podcast do please find and like our facebook page a star to steer her and if you're not already follow us on soundcloud at uh, soundcloud.com forward slash SSHB podcast. For the show, I'm Chris.
3: I'm Caitlin. This is Ames.
1: And
0: I'm Jake. Thank you for listening.